Hello and welcome to this episode of the Education Insider. My name is Jacob Hansen. I'm the CEO um, at PRP Group and am your host for this episode. We're going to be covering an issue that is, I think, more pervasive than anybody realizes, um, talking about the impacts of the teacher shortages out there and you know how st uh, school and district leadership are addressing that. Um, today, I have with me Superintendent of Schools, Mark Benigni, as well as his Director of Innovation, Barbara Hafner from Meriden Public Schools in Connecticut. Thanks so much for joining us, and I look forward to digging in. Mark and Barb, can you just go through a quick, like, here's my title, here's my bio, those just informally. So Mark, if you can just kind of go through yours and then give the mic to Barbara, that'd be great. Sure. I'm Mark Benigni, proud superintendent of the Meriden, Connecticut Public Schools. This is year 12 for me in this role. And I've also enjoyed working with Barbara for all those 12 years. Um, we're an urban district located in central Connecticut, two hours from Boston, two hours from New York City. We have over 8,500 students who attend 13 schools and three programs. And we're a very diverse school system. About 75% of our students identify as non-white and over 75% of our students qualify for free and reduced price meals. However, we're a fully universal free breakfast and lunch district. Outstanding. And I am Barbara Hefner. I am the Director of Teaching and Innovation for the Meriden Public Schools. I've had the pleasure of working with Mark for the past 12 years. I joined the team shortly after he began. I mean, I've had a number of roles in the district. I was the supervisor of technology. I was the director of uh, curriculum and technology. And most recently, I'm in my current role. But through all of those roles, I've had the opportunity to work with teachers and technology in the district and really make an impact on students and families and the way learning happens. As you just heard, we're with Mark Manigny, um, superintendent of schools in, in Meriden, um, Connecticut, and with Barbara Hafner. And Barb, sorry, I knew you always as director of curriculum and, and technology. <laughs> what, what's the great new title you have now in the new role? The new title is director of teaching and innovation. <laughs> well, you know, we've known each other. It's hard to say this. We've known each other for almost a decade now. And, you know, the one thing that I'd say hasn't changed since we met is the way you two work together. I always enjoy the collaboration and, you know, I think the innovation title is, is a great one for you, Barb, and it may be something that you guys both could have tacked onto your titles since day one. But one of the topics that we wanted to talk about today is, is teacher shortage and, and, you know, just how that's permeating everything. Maybe we expand that a little even to like staff shortages. You two have been together for a dozen years plus, like, can we maybe just start there? I think we've been very lucky to have great boards of education to work for, who really respect us, value our job, and we respect them and value their role as policymakers and elected leaders in the community. And Barb's only thought about leaving five or six times, Jacob. <laughs> but I think in general, schools where students and staff want to be, you need that good positive energy Folks need to know they can take a risk, take a chance, and if they make a mistake or if something doesn't go well, heck, it's worth the try, and that's how we'll get some of those innovations that we know lead to, to student success. I think so. Our first uh, goal has always been, you know, how do we keep our people? So how do we keep them is the priority. 
and definitely during these challenging times, it's like, what are we going to do to recruit folks to Meriden? And I think some of it is selling our story, selling how we really went through a digital transformation, how we embrace innovation, how our students really need us and our parents really support us and recognize that public education for many of their children is going to be that great equalizer and lead them to future success. When, and I just wanted to chime in real quick. Sorry, Barb, to, to cut you off that it's been a number of years since I've been able to come out to Meriden and see you all in action. But, you know, it was like six, seven, eight years ago that we did that that event on blended learning. And I, I felt like that was like leading edge then. And so I can actually personally attest to the things you're saying. Like I've interacted with enough folks in Meriden Public Schools over time in enough different roles to say that, you know, you guys walk the walk as well. So, it you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that the two of you do get to work together or have found a way to work together for as long as you have. But with that, Barb, I'll give you the mic and let you chime in as well. Sure. And I would say it's all about partnerships. We have great partnerships in the district. So we partner with our teachers union and our administrative union, and we're proactive with that. So they join our COA meeting once a month. And it's the open line of communication that we have with both unions to hear their concerns, to hear ways we can support teachers, so it's really where teachers and administrators have a voice in the direction that the district is going and how can we improve learning and teaching for everyone involved. It's also partnerships with our community partners. So what role do they play in the school district? How is that helpful to our schools? How is it helpful to families and students? So it's really creating an environment where it's a lot of community support through different venues, where it's the schools helping the community, and community members supporting us. And that's a very welcoming environment for new staff members who come into the district as well. Absolutely. And, and I think it's, it's recognizing and applauding the accomplishments of your staff helps you retain. And when I say staff, it's also our partners. So we did a big thank you. The board and central office went to our transportation provider. We hired a pizza truck, gelato. We did a raffle with them and really just to say, hey, thank you. We know how hard you work and we couldn't do this without you. And I think that sends the right positive message that people need to hear, especially during some of these challenging times. Team MPS, uh, you probably heard us say this a million times, but it really is more than just a slogan on a t-shirt or on a, a string bag. Like if you're part of our team, you're, you're part of it. And, and we value you no matter what role you're in and we treat everyone the same. Once again, I can attest to that in all of my interactions with you all. And, you know, hearing about some of the ways that you're recognizing your local partners is great. I know that you both have worked hard to get your district and some of your initiatives, you know, more public recognition for the, the work that you're doing. I know in the past you've been a DA district of distinction. You know, Mark, you were an Ed Week leader to learn from. The, the awards kind of and accolades go on and on. You also mentioned that you were at a IEI event last week as well. And so, you know, for me, a big question is like everything through all this, like how do those partners, you know, I'm talking more to our listeners here, the ed tech vendors, how do, can they cut through the crap and show their authenticity and show their desire to be one of those partners and earn the trust of folks, you know, that are on the leading edge? Like what, what do you recommend for them to, to get through there to, to become part of your network? You, go ahead, Mark. So, you know, I find in my very roles that I've had with the district, I've worked closely with vendors to bring in new products to our uh, staff and students. And one of the key things is listening to what our needs are. If you can meet the needs that we are, we're presenting, 
it really becomes a partnership because we're able to solve a problem or we're able to go in a new direction or think outside of the box. We're looking for someone that we can brainstorm with, someone that can help us push the envelope a little and say, okay, you can really try uh, this. There's some risk taking there. We're also looking for vendors that provide us support. So once we get involved with a product, what type of support do we need? Because we're looking to make products go for the long haul. It's not just one and done or a one-year deal. We're really looking to integrate whatever we're doing into our curriculum so it becomes part of the climate and culture in our school, and it's just kind of the way we do business. So it's those long-term connections. And I would say more, ask us what we need, and then tell us how you can help us and truly be a partner. So some of that is customizable. Some of that is when we have a problem, here in the Meriden Public Schools, we drop what we're doing and we support one another. We want our business partners to do just the same. And so if, you know, a product is down, it's slowing my whole school system down. We can take, sorry, it happened and we all make mistakes and we move on, but let's drop it and let's fix it together. Mm -hmm. So responsiveness is key too. And then we want to work with vendors and uh, business partners who are innovators too. So listen to what we need and then tell us your story. Like, what are you doing that you think is making a difference for students and families? And we're all ears because we want to be the best. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to call this out, like to all the listeners here, like this is not an open invitation to, to, to hammer Barb and Mark's email addresses or their LinkedIn, you know, DMs or anything like that. But <laughs> a friendly reminder, they're speaking, you know, on behalf of other teams at the district level that are, are innovative and, and looking for companies to you know, augment and improve their journey when they can. So I just want to make sure that, that we're calling that out. So, but once again, something I can attest to, sorry, I have a, a cat that just decided to make an appearance with us, but <laughs> another thing I can attest to, you know, I alluded to earlier, the event that we had put on in your school specific to blended learning, you know, we had brought together a number of your partners, both internal within the district, as well as, as companies, but it, it, it's a nice segue into our next topic and really the role of of technology and education and and i'd love to hear kind of you talking about you know we did that blended learning event like in 2014 so that was a long time ago maybe could we start there like how's the role of technology and education changed since then but then really let's dig in like the last 18 months like what's what's changed what what do, what do folks need to know so i'll let barb give the lengthy answer but i have to <laughs> jump in and share just one part so when i first came to district 12 years ago we thought we were cutting edge we were going to take these big spaces and we were going to put a bunch of desktop computers in there and we were going to staff it with a teacher and a couple community partners and we'd have a hundred kids on line at one time what a great idea and now fast forward we're, we've ripped all those labs out we've been fully one-to-one -one forever and it just so times change and i wouldn't say what we did then was wrong it was the right thing at that time but where we are today is much better and we're at the right place at the right time today. And Barb, take it away. Sure. So I will share that some of the partners that we had in 2014, we still have today and we're going strong with them. So, and I think that's because, like I said earlier, we've integrated their product into our curriculum. So it's become part of the core and because it's adaptive, it's personalized and it gives us some strong data points. It's really a valuable piece of what we do. Since that time, we are one-to-one -one across the district, and we're also a BYOD district. So a lot of times we're two-to-one, three-to-one, because 
most of our students um, in the upper grades bring their phones with them and then they may have some tablets and we provide everyone with either a Chromebook or a laptop. And then if they don't have Wi-Fi access, we do have mobile hotspots that students can take with them in order uh, to do their work away from any of our schools. That being said, te technology is involved in everything that we do, all aspects of the district. Honestly, we couldn't function um, without the technology. Now, instruction is delivered through the technology. We have a single sign-on uh, with ClassLink that has really been a game changer for us. And, and we were fortunate uh, before the pandemic hit, we had just rolled out ClassLink. The pandemic wow. hit. We sent students devices, one URL, and said, all you need to do is click here, and you're able to access what you needed to um, be able to work online. Being a Google district, um, we did not use Google Meets prior to the pandemic. Now, uh, Google Classroom and Google Meets are just a way of life for us. No one bats an eyelash, cameras are on, we've troubleshooted whatever issues that we thought we would have and didn't. But it's also allowed us to connect to families. So we can now have families doing PPTs through Google Meet. We can do uh, parent-teacher conferences through Meet. District-wide, teachers hop on Meets all the time. And mm -hmm. meet before you had to bring um, people physically together. So it's, it's impacted our classrooms. It's impacted our staff. And it's really had a positive impact on our community. So we're, we're very excited in the direction that we're going in. There are things that we did through the pandemic now that we would never go back to the old way. We have more options than ever, even virtual PD for teachers. Um, ah, nice. Well, and, and, you know, you had mentioned when we were emailing back and forth about the show at Mark, I think the email came from you about creative staffing solutions. Can you maybe share some of that as well? Sure. I, I think. Let me start by saying no one will ever question the need for devices, access, single sign-on, or high-quality digital content. My school, my son's school district was not single sign-on. They didn't even know what it was when I asked them about it. And so I was on the other side of the coin. And Barb had mentioned that, you know, definitely some of the, the things that the pandemic forced us only made us better. Our parent-teacher conferences that we just did virtually, we never had better attendance. You know, our, our, our parents want to know how their children are doing. We were asking them to leave work. Some, sometimes you're, they're leaving work, not getting paid for the time they're missing. They're rushing to school, rushing. Like, I don't know why we didn't think of this. It shouldn't have taken a pandemic for us too, but we'll never go back there. Mm -hmm. Teacher mm -hmm. PD, you talk about how do you retain your staff? Why am I making teachers drive to work sit in there, they could do their PD at home and, and, and enjoy it and be comfortable. It's the learning that matters, not where the learning is occurring. We open our buildings for those teachers who maybe would say, hey, I've got three kids at home. You need to let me come to work to do this. Uh, and then we worked with our union uh, where our quarantine students, and obviously with the vaccine rollout, we're quarantining less and less students, but we still are having to quarantine students and we want to make sure that they can be part of their class. So with our teachers union, we agree they would teach the students in front of them, but also those at home that were quarantined. Not when someone made a choice to miss two weeks to go to on vacation to Disney World, but mm -hmm. those students who had to be quarantined would be part of their class as well. We paid them some PD hours for training, and um, now all of our students who have to quarantine are included, and I think that's that's worked very, very well too. And now I know I gave you a long comment without answering your your question 
it's all good. You know, what we're here for is really, you know, it's vendors that are listening. And so we want them to understand, you know, not just what you're looking for, but what's going on in your world. You know, both of your roles are bigger than the decisions you make to buy or not buy or evaluate or not evaluate a solution they provide. So, you know, a lot of this is about helping folks understand that, you know, as people and as the roles you're in, um, you know, there's a heck of a lot more going on than, than what, you know, you can see. The other thing that I'll mention that we were able to do when our students were virtuals, we were, we were able to offer high level courses that had low enrollment and combined both high schools. So that's really made us look at our course offerings different. So now the students don't have to be in the same building. We have some scheduling issues to be creative with, but it's very doable. So students, you know, if it's a low enrollment class, we're still able to offer it either during the school day. Sometimes it's offered after the school day and then that works well for students too, but it's a nice way to give students more choice in their learning and great exposure to an online class, which many of them will have an online learning. And so is the idea there, Barb, then like the teacher is in one of the schools teaching one group of students and the others join virtually? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that also helps with your teacher shortage, staffing challenges, like yeah. even though you have some scheduling creativity, like how often is this happening? And is it is it only high school that you're doing this at? Yeah, only at high school, just because the way the schedule works. It is, the online learning seems to work better for high school students. But but it, there's always possibilities for all grade levels. Sure. Well, I in can all of you. our grade levels, no one is home with a packet. No one is home just with their device. There is still some interaction and connection to the class because of how we handle the quarantine students. The other thing, Jacob, I, I just need to share because... Sure. So we want to keep everyone, part of how you build good morale is you keep everyone employed regardless of their circumstances. And our neighboring community, Cheshire, had a couple teachers that could only do virtual teaching. They were compromised. They couldn't come in and uh, actually teach in a classroom. We had a teacher who was fine coming to classroom. So we made a, a teacher trade, like, and it's two different unions here in Connecticut. So we sent them an in-person teacher and we sent them some PD around equity, which is something we had worked on for a long time. And we gave them access to the AP and high level courses that Barb mentioned. They sent us two virtual teachers. So we, we cut this trade to and kept everyone employed because it wasn't going to be, it would have been the Cheshire teachers who potentially might've lost their positions. So Together, the superintendent and I sat with our teams and we said, how are we going to make this happen? We got both unions involved and it worked out great for everyone. I think it also gave both of our districts a mutual respect of what we're trying to do. A win-win for everyone. I mean, more than a win-win. That's amazing. I, I, you know, to be honest, I never would have thought of something like that. You know, it's... It's like, you know, you see like trade deadlines coming up in, in sports, <laughs> you know, and, and you're just trying to win for the kids. And so, I mean, I, I just don't, you know, that's, that's amazing. And so are the teachers going to go back afterwards? Is this a permanent shift or? Yeah, great question. So the, the teachers stayed paid by their home district. So we paid the Meriden. They paid their two Cheshire teachers. We obviously paid the cost of the PD around equity, which our team did go and facilitate with them. We opened our classes. And now as there, you know, if there's greater risk again, I'm sure we're a phone call away, but I think we both looked at it. It was funny. We put it out there like, so 
his team thought they won on this deal. I'm saying to Barb and our team, heck, we won. We got two teachers for one. It's like, well, he's like, well, I got two teachers I wasn't going to use. I gave you two teachers I wasn't going to be able to use. So when you're laughing and making it fun, and I like I say all the time, like, these jobs are so demanding and we spend so much time working. If work's not fun, life won't be enjoyable. And, and we work hard here, you know, but we also <laughs> laugh and have fun too. We laugh at our mistakes. Like that's what it's when, called fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Especially when it's really hard. Um, <laughs> when it's less fun, that would, that was supposed to have been the time she tried to leave here. No. Right. Right. When, and I, yeah, when it was the most fun, exactly. So this had to also do like work wonders for morale. I mean, to see that, you know, what you could be viewed as almost competitors. I mean, if you guys border each other, you know, really students can move back and forth, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'd have to see that your, your staff, you know, sees the effort that you go to, to, to keep them where they're at. And, you know, what, again, a great way to walk the walk. So in with staffing shortages, a few things that we have done that were more concrete, we have a teacher support program that we had in place. So we'll have folks come in who may be considering a career in education and we'll place them in the same building every day. So they're not subbing. It's a little bit, you know, you, you'll get to know the staff, you'll get to know the students. We also, with our college students, uh, we welcome them back over breaks and they come back and help us by subbing. So, so we know that this time of the year is going to be busy. People will be out, but we'll be glad to welcome those college students back and they can help support us as subs as well. I think we've also seen how, you know, and we haven't used it to cut teachers, though that's what some fear might have been. Look, at, we have some great digital content that we're, is embedded into our core curriculum that engages students, that personalizes the learning, that sets individual targets for students that's we're sure is at their level that allows our teachers to pull those small groups of students to do that direct instruction that we really think helps move the needle as well absolutely absolutely well you know i i wanted to kind of bring us to our, our last topic here and this is going to speak directly to the audience that you know all you listeners have gotten a good idea of what happens behind the scene in a, a truly innovative you know forward thinking and, and caring school district i, I want to make sure that we're, we're sharing some more about the importance of knowing your audience i recently wrote and i sorry not trying to brag it's probably not all that great but wrote an article for the learning council that I really just said, you know, right now is the time to slow down and, and get reacquainted with your audience. You know, for you all, that's your parents, your community, your students, but for a lot of vendors, it's, it's you two, it's your teachers, that kind of thing. And to kind of take stock of what's changed, what do they need to do differently? You know, how can they become that partner, those kinds of things. So I really wanted to try to close with maybe a few bits of advice from, from the two of you, as far as, you know, Mark, you had mentioned early on, ask us. But where and how do they ask you that? And and how do they make sure that they're not included in that spam folder, you know, that you have? Like what what is it that that truly shows like, hey, this vendor is a cut above the rest? And I, I think the personal connections matter. So I do think whether it's IEI or some of the other conferences and venues where you can be in touch with directly with superintendents and other central office leaders, I think those connections are helpful. I think the other thing I would tell any business partner is it doesn't need to be the big sell initially. If you pilot and you build a relationship with us, so we may try five 360 cameras in our classroom, 
But if those work, that could lead to a camera in every classroom in this district. So partner, build our trust, let's work together. And that could lead to the big, to the, to the big sale later for the, those folks. And I'd say, we don't want to change. So once we have a vendor and there's a great partnership, change means more costs for PD for teachers. Change means more frustration from teachers, more frustration from students. And like, I think the reason we hit the pandemic running was because our students, our staff and families were familiar with the digital content, the devices we used, like all that was in place. We had the single sign on. So I think we made it easier. So I'd say to a vendor is look at we're looking for a long-term partnership, but we want to make sure that our partners are innovative and change with the times like we want to do. Absolutely. I would say Mark hit the nail on the head. We're looking for innovation. So if, if we're going to make a change, there has to be some really solid reasons why it's better than what we currently have in place, or maybe we have nothing in place and this will fill a need with that we have. But it, again, it's, it's the relationships. It's keeping us abreast of what's new and what's upcoming in the field when we could do in-person conferences, that was great because we were able to see people and talk to people and that will be coming back soon. But we always welcome learning about what the next new thing is going to be and what the impact is going to be for our staff and students. And don't feel like the sell is to a superintendent only. Look, and I love hearing the innovative ideas, but Jacob, you know, I'm gonna bring them to Barb <laughs> and the team and say, what do you guys think anyway? Yeah. And look, we had changed our communication system and went with Parents Square and it came at the perfect time with it. Some of, some of it is, you know, you want to be innovative, creative, and some of it is you're in the right spot at the right time or we made a lucky decision when we needed to. But it, with any of our vendors, I want to see them as a partner. And when I ask what does a partnership means, a partnership most means to me that you're going to be honest and upfront. We're going to have intelligent conversations together. But when I have a problem, you're not turning your back away. You're here helping us solve it. Absolutely. When, based, based on what I know about the two of you and how long we've known each other, it doesn't sound like much has changed in this regard, given the pandemic. I mean, this sounds like the same thing you would have said three years ago. Is that fair? I would say that's very fair. I mean, we, we, re, we really look at our, at our vendors as partners. I mean, that's probably why we've had vendors over such a long period of time, because they're thought of processors with us you know yep. give us new ideas where where is the product heading so the only thing that's changed is i've been trying to grow a beard like you have for about two <laughs> years jacob and i learned that i love hiking and it it's great <laughs> physical exercise but it's mental break as well i love it i love it you know and and i I, I rock a full beard now. I honestly was not able to grow a full beard until about three or four years ago. So you probably remember me, you know, out at, at the event, baby faced, you know, looking like I probably just graduated college, but you know, I, I didn't. And for some reason, when my son was born, I, I could grow one and now <laughs> I just never shaved it since he was little. I don't know. I'd probably scare him, but, uh, but yeah. And so this, this is months of work. I just don't okay. want to know that, you know, a week or two, I'm looking a lot, yeah, I'm more scantily clad than you are. You know, it just doesn't grow in, but I, I really have to thank you both, you know, for taking time out of your busy day to talk with me. Um, it had been too long. And so I'm just thrilled that, you know, on a personal note, we got to reconnect and, and chat, you know, through some really meaningful things that I know is going to, you know, help the vendors out there do better and do more for, you know, the, the leaders and the districts out there that just are, are trying to do their best to serve the kids, serve their families, serve their communities. So, you know, thank you both so much and, you know, just keep up the good work. You know, I, I love hearing about what you're doing and, 
and you know how you are you know willing to be the tip of the spear on a lot of this and and make a success of it likewise jacob always good to see you and appreciate all your hard work and keep moving the needle on your end too because it's good for kids hey i absolutely will you you all take care and thank you so much thanks again for listening to this episode of Education Insider. Again, I'm your host, Jacob Hansen, the CEO at PRP Group. I'm extremely happy to have you here with us today. Please don't hesitate to leave us comments. Let us know what other topics can we cover for you? Um, what are you interested? How can we help your company reach um, your buyers, help you solve their challenges, uh, maybe better than you have yesterday? So please don't hesitate to, uh, to drop us a line and let us know what we can bring to you next. And a big thank you to both Mark and Barb um, I hope that you all have a great rest of your school year and really appreciate you making time uh, to be here with me today and to share your expertise with our audience. Um, thanks again, and we will see you on the next Education Insider.